so my name's Jenny Raggett and I've been working on a very practical project for the Foundation for Integrated Transport, um, actually going to see places that we've built and see whether they deliver some of the sustainable um, aspirations that we have in the NPPF. Um, this more or less sums it up. Uh, looking at planning applications, looking at master plans, many fine words from developers, vibrancy, sustainability, um, low carbon, all sorts of things. Um, this is an, an advertisement actually to do with Swindon's front garden development. And uh, we saw so many of these things in the course of events, campaigning for public transport and walking and cycling and going to local plan inquiries, participating in the local plan process. We thought, well, you know, why does it all go wrong? What, what's going on? Um, so we thought, well, let's go and have a look. We'll tour urban extensions. We'll look at large-scale urban regeneration projects. We'll photograph what we find, go and talk to new residents. And we'll also compile a sort of planning profile for each place to look at um, the changes you know, from aspirations to what you actually get on the ground. Um, the project's ongoing, but so far we've visited uh, these places, maybe a few more by now. Um, and uh, these are large-scale developments of housing predominantly. Um, and we've been going around. So, there we go. What have we been looking out for? Um, this is a bit fuzzy, I'm afraid, but we're looking at transport, but we're looking at transport in the context of how people live and their lifestyles and how they actually use the place. So as we look, go there, just like journalists, we start talking to people, we look, we say, you know, how does this place work? And we look at things like um, access to services, uh, the vibrancy, um, the temptation to use the motor car, rather important, we look at the public realms, cycling, buses. We ask about, uh, are you near a station? Can, how do you get to work? And uh, we get a kind of feel for the place, which uh, we hope eventually we will write them all up um, and compare and contrast. Well, we've been to all sorts of different places, including urban regeneration projects, but I thought here I would talk about urban extensions in particular um, because there are so many of them now in um, preparation. I mean, uh, we are compiling a map the best we can of all the urban extensions that are now either being talked about or even being built. And we're finding that the urban extension seems to be an incred incredibly popular way um, of uh, coping with very large-scale housing targets allocated to comparatively rural areas. Anyway, here are just some of our photos and some of our observations so far. Um, one thing we really have discovered is how much urban extensions are orientated around the motor car. And this has permutations in every possible way. It affects the public realm massively. And even if you uh, walk 
along a street that looks as though it might be promising with a few front gardens, maybe. If you go around the back, the truth is revealed. Front back gardens may be lacking completely, but what we do see is an amazing amount of tarmac for parking. And, you know, I don't know much about urban design. I come from the transport um, side of things. But certainly I would say that this emphasis on car use must be dominating everything when it comes to the design of places that could otherwise be very nice. Um, so we've tried to work out the actual proportion of tarmac in some of these places, and some of them are 30 to 40% using Google Maps. Um, urban trees, really very few, and local authorities I've spoken to have said part of this is cost savings. Um, uh, the car base, the fact that they're car based means um, the, when there are planning applications in there are transport assessments an amazing number of car journeys predicted, thousands and therefore a lot of contributions from developers into road capacity um, and so on um, a lot of these places are as I say very much orientated around getting onto the road network quickly. Um, but they're also often not really joined up with the places that they are you know, associated with. So when we visited Prior Hall Park, which is near Corby, there was no real way you could walk from Corby to this massive new housing estate. Um, it was kind of separate, almost as though it was a business park, an out-of-town business park. That was the sort of feel of the place. Um, with uh, Wichelstow, which is near Swindon, it was better, but there's still this feeling of it being somehow separate, a separate place, not a suburb. Some places were better, we ha I have to admit. Um, we, Dickens Heath, uh, which is Solihull, is an older urban extension, and that was nicer. I mean, I think that must be built in the late 90s, possibly. Um, but it, it's, it's quite nice. And Poundbury, which I'll come back to, was completely different from anywhere else by a long shot. Um, well, a lot of the time we're told when we see a planning application that people will work locally and that they'll walk and cycle to work because, after all, um, a big new employment area will be built quite close to, uh, you know, the many thousands of new houses. But we haven't find, found that people walk to uh, work. They get in their cars and they don't work locally. They work miles away. Um, speaking of local facilities, very few around. It's not like a suburb. The urban extension is very different, say, from where I grew up in Wembley. Um, there's very little there. Uh, when, if you do want to do something, for example, if you want to go to the pub or you want to go um, to football, you do have to get in the car. And you'll find that the facilities are off a roundabout on the ring road, very common. Um, people have tried to create local centres, vibrant local centres is a kind of buzzword that everybody talks about, but mistakes are made. Um, for example, uh, the front garden development, so-called at Swindon, uh, which is so, they've got a lovely square 
all ready to have local shops, but nothing's opened. Well, the reason why nothing's opened becomes apparent when you, as a visitor, you finally, you give up looking for a cafe. You ask somebody and they say, oh, well, you, if you walk 20 minutes in that direction, you'll come to a big waitrose. I think there's a cafe there. Well, you know, that explains a lot. Uh, Cranbrook, new town in Devon, there is a small shopping centre, but it's pretty empty, to be honest, um, because most people have got in their cars and driven to the out-of-town retail near Exeter. Um, walking and cycling, uh, once, the main problem is there's nowhere to walk or cycle to. Uh, a simple, it's just simple. I've, I'm a cyclist and I've cycled to places. It's very precarious. You have to go along dual carriageways or um, you might be put down a strange cycle route along a flood, a river a, through a floodplain, but you're not sure where you're going and if it's going to work. Um, there seems to be a misconception that when you want to walk into town, that you don't mind walking through open green spaces and along a river and so on to get to the town centre. But of course, that's not very safe, especially in the dark. What you want is a street, a normal street to walk along, a normal suburban street overlooked by houses with maybe shops and so on. But that model doesn't seem to be happening, not from what we've seen. Um, Buses, rapid transit and trams, well, rapid transit and trams, not so much, but we have seen attempts, good attempts at buses in some places. However, speaking to bus companies, the trouble is a lot of these urban extensions are too small. I mean, there are thousands of houses, but you really need 10,000 to support a viable good bus route. It's very difficult to run um, commercial bus routes to bubbles of new housing dislocated from the rest of town. Um, and also, of course, a lot of these big urban extensions are in places that have got rural bus cuts already. So that adds to it. Oh, and an important thing, people are using their cars, not buses, because that's the nature of the place. Um, roads, well... As I say, we've, we've noticed mostly that the new urban extension is about the car. Um, sometimes a lot of um, efforts have been made in design, Upton in Northampton. Uh, a lot of effort, I'd say, but then when you look at Google Maps, you can see the car parks behind every um, area of housing. Um, and also you can see how close the, far, the road network is and how tempting it is for people to just get in their cars and go out, which they do. Um, uh, I think I've got a Taunton, yeah, a similar model. Um, easy access to the M5 is what sells the new housing around Taunton. And this roundabout, we must have seen in many places, I don't know, it just reappears again and again, and you can't tell where you are. Um, there's a temptation for some local authorities, they're so desperate for bypasses that they actually allow a new housing estate to be built along a bypass, so that we've come across residents extremely angry to find that they're now on a lorry route, whereas they thought they were in a quiet new um, 
uh, suburban area. Uh, railways, well, it's just extremely difficult to open up a new station. Uh, the reason is that you need to do um, a business plan. It's got to make money. It's got to be shown to be a good case. Network Rail only do very few um, new stations a year. There's very little money for new stations from the government. And uh, local authority officers have told us, well, you just have to keep going sometimes for decades. Uh, Cranbrook is a case to point um, so, uh, and, and, and most of these urban extensions are nowhere near a station. Well, maybe a 45-minute walk. Uh, I suppose we were rather pleased to discover Poundbury. I know that the architecture is not to everyone's liking, but we didn't really look so much at that as the place. And it worked. Um, we did see... Well, most places were completely devoid of people. Poundbury wasn't. Uh, shops, cafes, a garden centre in the middle of town, people walking around. Uh, the supermarket has been put right in the middle of the town, not, on, not somewhere uh, outside. Um, there were pubs, there were mums around, offices, factories. Lots of things were happening in town. And so one of our suspicions so far is that integration of use rather than these urban extensions, which are purely residential, is one of the keys to making the place work. And certainly for the bus industry, that's important because you get buses taking people to work in the place and people going out as well. Um, walking, we saw lots of people walking. And uh, indeed, this urban extension is only a 15-minute walk along a street into Dorchester, as opposed to along dual carriageways, uh, distributor roads, across roundabouts, and all the other things uh, which is the, characterize a lot of the other places we've been to. Um, well, we've been asking ourselves what's going wrong, you know, what, what, what is happening. And I mean, this project's at a fairly early stage, but here are some of our conclusions so far. Uh, the strategic housing targets, I think it's the strategic housing market assessment, uh, they are done for different housing market areas. And according to the profitability of building in certain places, uh, rural and semi-rural places are being given enormous targets, really high, and those targets then have to be assimilated by local plans. So you go to, um, for example, the Wiltshire local plan, and you find that the target is for the West Wiltshire housing market area. I think it was 26,000 new homes within um, the plan period. But those targets are decided upon without any real relation to geography. They, nobody says, can we really build that many, of ha many houses here, given the public transport network, given the jobs, given... It's a sort of... The targets are not um, arrived at, as far as we can make out, with what we would call uh, uh, geography in mind and uh, capacity in mind. Um, so, as a result of these high targets, inevitably the local plans 
choose big urban extensions and they're built as fields of houses, really. That's what happens. All the towns you see in an area that has got a very high target from the strategic housing market assessment, what can the offices do other than quickly assemble urban extensions? Um, the, when, it, when the local plan goes to the inquiry process, the planning inspectorate is looking for deliverability and viability and a sound plan. And what that means is a consistent a proof, really, that you can get developers to build. And they've got to be building within the plan period and uh, in, a, in a sort of planned way. The urban extension is brilliant for that. The brownfield land in the middle of a town, for example, in the middle of Trowbridge, is an enormous brownfield site. Too unreliable. Uh, better to put all the building on the edge and get a well-known house builder to take the whole thing through the planning process. Um, that's how it works. Um, but on transport, the NPPF doesn't really help. The planning practice guidance is incredibly vague, which we think is a problem. It doesn't talk about putting in place public transport, getting a cycling network. It doesn't talk anything about things that are definite. It's all about assessing opportunities, highlight and promote, identify if appropriate, consider, and so on. All words which are pretty vague and don't assure that you're ever going to deliver housing with good sustainable transport to match. Um, fine words, butter, no parsnips. No, the NPPF lacks the teeth to get delivery of sustainable transport on new homes. Um, that's our conclusion. Uh, from what we have observed, and there we are.